You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. So that gives Trilogy shareholders access to, you know, just under $75 million um, for advancing its projects going forward. We will not need cash for a very long time. We have just under 20 million uh, cash at head office, so we're gonna have access to close to $90 million to move forward with, which is quite astonishing in this you know, marketplace, in this environment for junior mining companies. For Trilogy shareholders, that means we don't have to dilute for years to come. We won't look for any new money until we need to make a construction decision. That's enough money to take these projects all the way to that point in time. So quite an excellent position to be in. Thank you for tuning in to another Mining Stock Education episode, and I'm recording this at VRIC, the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference. And in this episode, we're going to be getting an update from Trilogy Metals, one of our sponsors, and I'll be speaking with Elaine Sanders. She is the CFO and Corporate Secretary of the company. So Elaine, welcome to the show, and uh, could you give us a little background of yourself? How did you begin to get into the mining industry and find yourself as the CFO of Trilogy? Sure, thanks very much for the interview. Um, I've been with this group for quite a few years. Um, I actually started back in Gold with Rick when we were still in exploration. And so we've been working together for, oh gosh, it must be close to 15 years. Um, so quite excited to see all the work we've done over the past decade and a half. Uh, we spun out Trilogy Metals from Gold about seven and a half years ago, uh, really because uh, the assets we had built at Gold were going into development stage into you know larger partnerships and so what we did was took the exploration team spun it out to Trilogy Metals and started over again and in the last seven years we built ourselves quite an impressive resource base uh, impressive partnerships that we can go into uh, not only locally but with the state of Alaska and financially and so you have a new interim CEO I interviewed Rick previously Rick stepped down uh, I believe he's still helping with the company but Jim Goen is now your your new uh, CEO. Can you give us a little background on Jim and what he brings to the company? Well, Jim is great. Jim Gowans joined the board of Trilogy in May of 2019, so he's a recent addition. Uh, but Jim actually uh, was uh, part of the commissioning team at the Red Dog Mine in Alaska, so he's got extensive experience with Nana and with Ada in Alaska, which are two big partnerships that we have. Uh, Jim also recently was CEO of Arizona Mining. Uh, there's a mine in Tucson called Hermosa that partnered up with South 32, and in the middle of 2018, uh, South 32 bought Arizona Mining at quite a significant premium. So Jim technically is retired, but he sits on multiple boards. And because of his experience in Alaska and his extensive background in mining, we brought him on the board of Trilogy. So he has uh, generously stepped in as interim CEO for Trilogy uh, while we search for a permanent CEO. Jim brings a, a tremendous amount of experience to the table, especially with our relationships with South 32, with Nana, and with the state of Alaska. He's an expert at bringing remote projects into production, isn't he? He is, and he's done this before. He's obviously very familiar, and he's an expert in uh, putting together these relationships and making sure that the mines get put into uh, construction and production. 
and your project has excellent economics. Uh, we know that there's copper there, although it's a polymetallic deposit and district. Can you talk about this partnership with South 32 in a day when many mining companies, junior miners that is, have a hard time raising money? You are now receiving an influx of cash. Tell us more about this partnership. Well, it's a really interesting partnership. Uh, we started talking to South 32 back in 2016. Uh, they spun out a BHP Billiton in 2015, and they had not been they have no operations in North America uh, in fact they're mostly in the southern hemisphere they don't have a copper asset on the spin so they were looking for good copper assets they came to see us uh, actually at Roundup uh, back uh, at the end of those years and really was interested in love the uh, Bornite asset and the Arctic asset two high quality deposits and just outstanding when you look at the you know gamut of asset opportunities out there these do stand out um, you know at the time the company's market cap was hovering around 50 million uh, it was a tough time for junior mining companies the copper price was under two dollars and very difficult to raise money uh, the agreement we struck with them that we penned uh, officially in April of 2017 was that uh, we had spent about $100 million U.S. on the projects to date and that we would be willing to partner with them on a 50-50 joint venture level at the project level for a premium to what we spent. So they're going to be putting in uh, just under $150 million. It's 150% premium to what we had spent to date and that gets us to the 50-50. Um, the joint venture election was announced on December 19th of 2019 and we're right now in the middle of getting all our ducks in order to form that JV. Um, legally the company needs to be formed and put together. Uh, we're targeting early February for completion and at that time we'll be contributing all of our assets into the JV in exchange for a 50% membership interest. South 32 will be putting in approximately US $145 million into the JV for their 50% interest. So that gives Trilogy shareholders access access to you know just under 75 million dollars um, for advancing its projects going forward we will not need cash for a very long time we have just under 20 million uh, cash at head office so we're gonna have access to close to 90 million dollars to move forward with which is quite astonishing in this you know, marketplace in this environment for junior mining companies, for Trilogy shareholders, that means we don't have to dilute for years to come. We won't look for any new money until we need to make a construction decision. That's enough money to take these projects all the way to that point in time. So quite an excellent position to be in. And this is a, a JV on the project level. They didn't buy half of the company, right? That's correct. They are a shareholder, uh, funny enough, at the public company level. Uh, they own just under 12% of the public company's float. Um, they actually purchased those shares from another shareholder. So obviously, they not only like the assets, but they obviously like the company. Uh, not to say that they're going to be buying the rest of the company, but um, it's quite interesting when you read, you know, about, well, why would they... All all of a sudden become shareholders so very really interesting dynamic but yes you're correct they are uh, just under 12% shareholder in the public company level and then they'll own 50% at the asset level so a key thing we need for this project is to get there and there's uh, access via a road and how is that road approval coming along that's a great question. Uh, the state of Alaska through uh, ADA, which is the Alaska Industrial Export Development Authority, uh, ADA is permitting a road that will access, uh, it will basically connect the Ambler Mining District to the rest of Alaska's infrastructure. That road is uh, now in EIS. Um, the permits for the final EIS uh, is expected to come
come out at the end of the first quarter of 2020. So that's imminently around the corner here any day next two months. Uh, we believe it'll be towards the end of March. And then uh, the ADA is saying another, you know, next month after that. So hopefully April, we will see a record of a decision on the road. So exciting times for the company. I've interviewed a lot of people on this show, and I've interviewed people that study insider trading. And one of the things in an interview on insider trading that I did is he said, don't listen to the CEO to see if they're bullish on the project. If you really want to know if the company has something going, talk to the CFO because they're the most realistic person in the company. So are you bullish on the prospects of Trilogy? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a very personally a large shareholder at Trilogy. I've been in personally invested in this project for many, many years. Um, we really believed when we put this project together that this was going to be a district exploration play, that we were looking at mining for generations to come in the communities. You know, we weren't planning on just being there for a short period of time and then leaving. What we really wanted to do was build long-term relationships, mining for generations in this area, and to have a long-lasting effect for the people that lived up there and so um, you know I'm all in I know Rick is a very large shareholder he's all in um, and we have large institutional shareholders that have been there with us since we were at the Novigold days uh, that's Electrum out of New York uh, Paulson and Company out of New York the Baupost Cruise uh, out of uh, Boston those three large shareholders have been with us since the spin out from Novigold and they have always been long-term fans of this district so they haven't sold a single share and have accumulated over the years, so uh, very supportive shareholders as well. So very exciting times, a very exciting company to be working at right now. In addition to the road, what would be some upcoming catalysts? You have the treasury that's full. How are you going to use that cash to create more value? Well, lots of stuff happening. Um, of course, uh, imminently, we should have the announcement of the JV formation, the $145 million into the JV. Um, at the end of February, we're going to be announcing the 2020 programs and budget. Uh, which will get approved through the Joint Venture Board. Uh, in March, uh, we'll be looking at, of course, the final EIS on the road, announcement there, and then, of course, the record of a decision a month later. Um, sometime in the spring, uh, we're looking at the first half of this year, where our guidance says uh, first H1 of 2020. Our feasibility study results are coming out at Arctic. The pre-fees was very robust, um, so we're expecting some really interesting numbers coming through on the feasibility and then heading hopefully into permitting um, sometime as the JV is formed and decisions will be made to do that. Uh, then we'll kick off the field season. It'll be summer and uh, then field season drill results will come out in the fall and then we start over again. So I think this year is packed full of news and lots of activity. So you have a lot of catalysts internal to the company, external, something you can't control is the copper price. Any thoughts on the copper price? Well, it's interesting. Uh, we were at uh, VRIC years ago and, you know, stock price was uh, very low at the time. Copper was sub $2. Um, you know, outlook was always for demand and supply gaps in late 19 or early 2020. And here we are in early 2020 and we're seeing gaps in demand and supply. Uh, as you know, copper is one of those supply and demand metals it is fundamental there's no emotional basis to it and I think personally if we weren't in the middle of trade wars we probably would have seen a higher copper price by now so I think the outlook for copper is positive and uh, you know we're seeing again lowering grades uh, in current production and not very many mines coming online so I think everything uh, is pointing in a positive direction for Arctic to be a mine. 
Mining is a difficult business. Advancing projects is difficult. So as you look at the prospects of what this year has, what would be some things that could go wrong and is there anything you can do to address it? Well, you never know what's going to happen out there. Um, you know, the beauty of having such high grade in a project like Arctic is that you can withstand the pitfalls. So you can withstand lower copper prices. You can withstand higher capital costs. You can withstand higher operating costs. So you can only plan for the best you can plan for. But if things go sideways on you, having a robust high grade project allows you to weather those storms. Um, and it also allows you, once you're in production, to weather the cycle of copper so having that type of project really does shelter you from those ups and downs which is fantastic you got more upside uh, and you're kind of protected on the downside um, other things that can happen is you know who knows what's going to happen with the world and economies uncertainty is definitely there that only bolts well overall for metals in general um, usually you start at the precious metal side and then it always filters down eventually to base metals so um, i think there's definitely uh, an interest in expansion into the metal space um, we've seen a lot of generalist investors show a renewed interest in the resource sector and uh, existing investors uh, who used to be very typical resource-based investors are all sitting there uh, on the sidelines with lots of money in their pockets uh, waiting for opportunities and I think this is the year that they're going to start getting in so uh, I think lots of opportunities out there. The company is Trilogy Metals and the website is TrilogyMetals.com. Trades under the ticker TMQ in New York and Toronto. You've been listening to Elaine Sanders, the CFO and Corporate Secretary. Elaine, thank you for taking the time and speaking with me today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concommitment with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.